Welcome to Start Local, where we talk with business owners, leaders of nonprofits, and other members of our community focused on doing business in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. Each episode will provide insight into the local business scene and tell you about opportunities to connect with and support businesses and nonprofits in your local area. Welcome to Start Local, where we connect with local leaders to support local businesses and nonprofits in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I'm lucky to be here with my co-host, Eric Goodmanson. Eric, how are you? I'm doing well, Liam. How are you today? I am very well, although it's taking me about four times to get the intro to the show going, but uh, enough about that. A couple of episodes ago, we heard the CEO of the Chester County Food Bank talk about how wonderfully the local chambers of commerce collaborate with each other to support and advocate for area businesses. So today, we are excited to have Laura Mannion with us. Laura is the CEO and president of the Chester County Chamber of Business and Industry. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Liam. And do not worry, I trip over CCCBI quite often. Uh, It is a mouthful. (laughs) Well, you're very kind to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and mute myself for a second and let Eric (laughs) jump in with the first question for you. (laughs) Well, one of the facts that surprises many local business people in Chester County is that it's home to several different chambers of commerce. I think last I checked, the number is around nine. And so I, I want to know, as you work together through, with other chambers through the Chamber Alliance, um, how would you explain that collaboration and how would you differentiate uh, your, your own chamber from the others? Sure. So, yes, there are a lot of chambers in Chester County. And I actually come, my previous employer was the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is the largest trade association in the country. Um, So I am very um, used to working with many, many chambers. I had six states, actually, um, when I worked for the U.S. Chamber, and um, that's a lot of chambers within those six states. So uh, very well-versed, but the Chester County Chamber Alliance is a great organization. It's all of our chambers together, and actually all nine chambers are run by women, um, which is incredible. So We've got a great group. Um, We meet once a month and just sort of go over what we're all working on, what events are coming up, um, you know, future collaboration. And the way in which we collaborate uh, oftentimes is through joint networking events. So a big part of your chamber membership, you are looking to network with other businesses, like-minded individuals, um, employees, and employers. So it's a great way when we do these joint events, uh, luncheons, happy hours, breakfasts, or educational events, um, to meet people that you might not meet otherwise at a chamber event, because now you're pulling from various parts of the county. Uh, Our chamber is very regional, so you might even be meeting people from outside of Chester County. And, um, you know, we're trying to really come together and think of topics that affect all types of businesses across various industries, small, medium and large. Um, And I think that's a great way that our collaboration really shines is through these joint networking and educational events. Um, What differentiates our chamber? Uh, We are countywide. So we are the largest chamber in the county. Um, As I mentioned, we are very regional, so we pull a lot of companies from Philadelphia, Delaware County, the main line, 
We have some members, um, you know, all the way in Lancaster and Harrisburg. So we are um, bringing people, you know, from various industries, various backgrounds together pretty much in the entire Philadelphia region. Um, And a large part of what we do, in addition to the networking, in addition to the marketing, the events, is advocacy. And that's what our chamber's sort of been known for historically. We just celebrated our 30th year last year um, as a chamber. And we really work hard to advocate for businesses Uh, on policy matters on the local, state, and federal level. And that's working with our elected officials, you know, talking about policy, writing op-eds, setting up meetings, writing letters of support. And that's sort of how we really differentiate ourselves. That's great. That's a great overview on what, what your chamber does. So thank you for that. So we understand that Chester County Chamber has a history of being politically active, while other chambers have chosen to remain more neutral. You've endorsed candidates running for office. You've written op-ed columns, as you just mentioned, and you're active in Harrisburg, the state capital. Tell us a little bit about the process that your chamber uses to decide its political positions. How does that come together? Sure. So historically, yes, the chamber has been very politically active. Um, And depending on who you ask, it'll be one side or the other. But When I came in, you know, my mission was to truly be bipartisan and and talk about good business policy. And so um, I mentioned I came from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. We used to have a saying, especially during uh, the the infrastructure bill passage uh, throughout 2020 and 2021 was there's no Republican ridge bridge or Democrat road. There's just a need for an infrastructure bill. And I sort of live my, you know, that's sort of how I guide myself in this position is uh, what is good business policy? What is good policy for our community? How do we better our community through that type of policy? So when I first came on, I worked very hard with our government affairs consultant and our government affairs committee to put together a list of policy initiatives that were important to the chamber and that ranges anywhere from, you know, keeping taxes low to energy investment, responsible development, all the way down to housing, education, childcare. So first thing we did was put that together, send that out to our elected officials and say, you know, this is really our, our guiding principles, our North Star. And uh, when we do come down, it's time for endorsements. We will be looking at how you've handled these types of issues. Also, do you meet with members? What's your interaction with the chamber? Do you come to chamber events? So um, it's a very holistic approach to the endorsement. And um, our government affairs committee is made up of small, medium, and large business, nonprofit. We've got representatives from the county, um, from Planning Commission, TMAC, Transportation Management Association of Chester County. Um, So we have a great subset at microcosm of our membership really involved in that government affairs committee. And then they make the decisions, should we sign on to this letter um, that we've been asked to do a sign-on letter for, drafting op-eds that I recently have done on housing and childcare. And so... There's a lot of group collaboration, a lot of discussion. We're not always on the same team, um, you know, but it's not the red team and the blue team. It's what's the best policy moving forward that's going to help business, not just in Chester County, but in the region and the state. 
Um, and, you know, as I said, my guiding principle has always just been, let's do what's best for our community. And sometimes that upsets one side and sometimes it upsets the other side. So you just have to meet in the middle and keep forging on. And, um, I've been yelled at quite a few times in this (laughs) job for positions we've taken. Um, but at the end of the day, I think people know that we are genuinely trying to do what we think is best for the business community here. Well, I heard you mention the issue of childcare, and we've heard you speak passionately and eloquently about the need to address affordable childcare. And I'd like you to briefly explain why you talk about affordable childcare as a business issue, and and offer some details on what the chamber, uh, or the Chester County Chamber of Business Industry, is doing to address the issue of affordable childcare. Sure. So I first started hearing about the childcare crisis before I even had a child. Um, when I worked at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, in 2020, 2021, they started to put out statistics on the amount of daycare centers that had closed during the pandemic, um, many more operating at limited capacity, the, you know, the diminished accessibility and affordability of childcare across the nation and how that affects business. So they were really talking about it from a business economic standpoint. So then when I was five months pregnant, and I was touring daycares and I was finding a year or two wait lists and I had to go back to work after my son was born. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is um, this is real. Now I'm living it. And uh, I took my son to work with me for an entire month, um, pack and play in my office. You know, he was joining me in staff meetings and um, it was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in this new big job as CEO of, of this big active chamber. And um, so I was like, okay, this is obviously an issue. I need to start talking about this because what I've learned um, the most from this uh, entire saga of talking about childcare is that people just don't know, unless you have a, a young child, you know, the 65 year old CEO might not know the, the, issues that a 32-year-old millennial mom employee is is working through. So I started to talk about it in our board meeting. And um, the U.S. Chamber's data cites that 60% of parents cite lack of childcare as the reason they leave the workforce and that there was 1 million women missing from the workforce post-pandemic due to childcare. Um, so, I mean, those are quite staggering numbers. And then when I started to really dig into it, it was, you know, median salary for childcare workers is about $14 an hour. Median cost to families can range anywhere from ten dollars to $50,000 a year for daycare, depending on where you live in the country. Um, in Chester County, our costs are about $18,000 for the year for infant care. Um, which is a 30, 13% of the median income here. So once you start coupling that with a mortgage and car payments and student loan payments, I mean, the costs are astronomical. So thankfully, my son did get into a home care situation, so I was able to get back to work. Um, and that led me to writing an op-ed in one of the local papers earlier this year that's, I believe, been viewed almost half a million times, um, which for a local paper, that's pretty viral. So I knew I had something. People were reaching out from all over the country, um, pediatricians, nonprofits, uh, and it sort of snowballed into working with our state legislators, especially here in Chester County, 
I went and testified in front of the um, House Children and Youth Committee in the Pennsylvania House. And then from there, I worked with uh, State Rep. Melissa Schusterman, Democrat from Chester County, to uh, speak on behalf of a bill that she put forth to expand the child care tax credit in front of the House Finance Committee. Um, and then I was talking at press conferences. I was writing follow-up pieces. And um, we now are actually working with the providers to talk about, you know, what is it that you're seeing on your end? I'm only seeing it as a parent. Um, you know, now we're working with the providers to really get the true issues of why the cost is so high. Um, and there are so many different <laughs> reasons um, that we need, that the providers and the parents need our support. So I basically talk in a circle every single day with our lobbyists on how to fix this issue. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're talking about how do we make this easier for parents and for those who are watching our kids, because they are, that's our next generation of leaders, you know, that's our, that's our next workforce. So we've, um, We've started to create sort of like a statewide elevated platform through various outreach to legislators and, and chambers across the state. Um, I led an effort that uh, 55 chambers signed on to a letter uh, to every member of the Pennsylvania House and Senate imploring them to address the child care crisis. Um, we have seen very positive feedback and results from that. So we know we've hit a nerve and we just have to continue talking about it and, and working with our legislators on what we can do to, to fix some of the issues around the issue as a whole. That's a very detailed answer. Thank you very much for that. And I, and I like that you included some of the numbers and I don't have a brain for numbers. So you said something <laughs> like $13,000 or $18,000 a year for childcare in Chester County. And that's a that's an enormous amount of money, um, particularly for those that might be at the lower end of the salary spectrum. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. I Before we go on to another question, I just want to flag up something that, that your organization did. And why don't you just share a little bit about it uh, at a recent event. And I think it was a, a, an award dinner we, that you just had, whereas part of the provision of the award dinner, uh, the chamber provided free child care for attendees. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's so exciting to see. Yes. And that was a very serendipitous uh, situation because both my husband and my mom were on work trips when that event was taking place. So I was like, "Uh oh, I don't have anyone. My number one babysitter is gone. Uh, my partner's gone. So I was um, scrambling to figure out what I was going to do with my son because we did have an event for 200 people um, last Wednesday night. And I actually had a fellow mom say, you know, the venue you're hosting the event actually has a kid zone and they provide childcare during evening events for, um, the wine, it's actually the wine club at white manor. Um, and so I called the country club. I said, Hey, would you be able to ex extend this to our event? We do all this advocacy about childcare. We need to put our money where our mouth is and provide childcare to moms or dads, working parents who want to attend, these type of events, but it's hard to find coverage or, you know, I pay my a babysitter $25 an hour, you know, whether they don't want to, or they can't afford to, to pay that for a three hour event. Um, so we worked with the club. We had five kids, um, five and under who, who were 
there for the evening. And um, what I learned is we had daycare covered four to seven. The event was running about 20 minutes too late. So at seven o'clock, the babysitters dropped the kids right back off in the room. Um, So I finished out the event with my son, um, which ended up being great because it showed the need for flexibility. So I brought my one-year-old back up to the stage with me at the end of the night for closing comments. And um, I think I showed everyone in the room and, in, you know, some of the largest employers in the region were in that room. Um, that you just have to be flexible and understand people are going to have hiccups in their life and they're going to need support. And here we are, you can make this type of, um, you know, you can, you can balance the scales and make it work. Uh, my son was trying to eat the microphone as I was up there, but uh, I think that added to the cuteness of the whole situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some days I have to take him. To, I have a lot of early meetings, a lot of late nights, and I've got to take him with me because daycare drop-off hours have condensed post-pandemic or you have to pay a premium. Yeah. So he he's pretty much a staple at chamber events, but it, I think it it really helps with the messaging that we are, you know, talking to these employers, small, medium, and large, that it's 2023 employees value a company culture that is really flexible and understanding. And um, as we see such high turnover, this is a way for your employees to see that you value them and are willing to stay and, you know, put the time into your company if you're willing to put the investment into them as well. Yeah, thank you for that. I I know that, you know, you're laughing and you're joking and you're smiling and talking about your your son coming to these events. Um, but I know that is logistically difficult. It is a challenge. It is. And, yes. and I'm sure, you know, in addition to positive and supportive and welcoming comments, I'm sure you're getting side glances, if not straight up mean comments. So, uh, and invariably, this issue affects women much more than it affects men. Uh, yeah. That's a bigger topic than we could get into today, but I, I really am grateful to you and and your colleagues within the chamber for leading on this issue. It's very, very important, and uh, thank you for your own personal effort on this. I know it comes at a cost. Thank you. Yes, and because you said numbers, I mean, there are more women in the workforce now than ever before. It does disproportionately affect more women than it does men. My husband works at Vanguard. He can't just bring a baby to Vanguard. like That just... You know, he doesn't have that type of flexibility that I do, but 60% of families with children under six have both parents in the workforce. And by and large, it's the female, usually that takes that hit and has to make that sacrifice. Um, So we are trying very hard to just talk about this from an economic standpoint, Um, you know, especially as we see retention and recruitment continue to be an issue time and time again. And disproportionately affecting women. So it's one of those things. I think it lends nicely to a young woman being in charge of the chamber. But I do hear people say, like, do you only talk about issues that affect your life? And it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to use my platform to talk about an issue that I know. You know, I have Ivy League educated friends who are quitting their job because they can't find or afford childcare. So, and actually, 96% of childcare workers are women. And they are making $14 an hour on average. So it's not just a women's issue. It's a societal issue, but we have to talk about it. You know, in these, there are very gender specific uh, roles that we take on here uh, in this issue. 
Absolutely. I want to I want to go in a slightly different direction if I can. So in sure. advance of this show, we spoke about affordable housing as a big challenge for Chester County. Uh, in a previous episode, we heard Andy Yount, the CEO of the Chester County Food Bank, talk about it as a big issue. That's episode 32 for our listeners. So, and you even mentioned it earlier in our conversation now today. Tell me about how affordable housing is an issue for local businesses and kind of the specifics if you can. And, and if I could go a little bit further, who does it impact most? Big, big business, small business? Sure. So um, Chester County is not an affordable place to live for many. And I, similar to childcare, have talked about this policy issue as a business issue. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, the the 60-year-old CEO might not know the issues that his 22 to 40-year-old employees are going through. Housing is obviously one of them. Um, we have seen over the last couple of years with interest rates, you know, hiked up from Two, three percent to six, seven percent housing prices going from three hundred thirty thousand to seven hundred thousand. Uh, my husband and I bought our house in the summer of twenty twenty one. We saw thirty three houses and put in eight offers. We were getting crushed with fifty hundred thousand dollars cash over asking, sight unseen. Um, you know, we'd have an appointment at ten. The house would be sold by nine fifty nine, uh, even though it went live at ten. So. I, again, another issue that I'm just using my platform to talk about that's affecting my life. But uh, I think certainly this affects businesses, large, small, everything in between. This affects every industry. Um, right now, the average house price in Chester County is slightly over $500,000. So at a six or 7% interest rate, you know, that is unattainable for so many in this county. And um, I believe the average list price is five seventy-five. The average house price is going for about five hundred thousand. So if you put that six, seven percent interest rate, you need to make close to $150,000 household income to be able to afford that type of house. Not many people are making that type of money. So our restaurant workers, our manufacturers, you know, school bus drivers, teachers, um, nurses, police officers, you name it. There's so many people out there in so many different industries that we need to talk about housing as a business issue. And I recently did write an op-ed about how the business community needs to talk about housing and public transportation Um we need to talk to our municipalities. We need to get more involved in zoning. Um, you know, you walk down the street and you ask an average citizen, what does your zoning hearing board do? I would say many of them don't know. Um, but these are important. I mean, this is where people say all politics is local. This is so crucial. It affects your everyday life. We talk about responsible development infrastructure, public transportation, housing costs, they are all tied together and they are all workforce issues. If your employees can't afford to live here, they will likely move to another county where there's more affordable housing. And when they don't want to sit, you know, on 422 or 202 or 30 every day for an hour because the roads are so backed up, uh, they likely go get another job somewhere else where they have more flexibility, they can work from home or something that's closer to where they now live. 
Um, so I've actually had a lot of, of different groups, Chester County housing partnership. Um, a lot of our nonprofits have reached out and said, we know this is a big issue and it's something we need to address. And, you know, now it's about getting the vanguards, but all the, all the way down to the veterinarian and to, you know, the Wawa store and the coffee shop to talk about this as well. This is an issue that affects every industry of all sizes and, you know, rent prices, I think my last rental before we bought our house, we were paying $2,500. And, you know, some of these new buildings that are going up in Exton and downtown, we're seeing 1,200 square feet, two bedrooms for over 3000 a month. That's just not sustainable for so many people in the workforce. You really hit the nail on the head there in terms of two very important issues that are impacting the workforce today in Chester County, child care and housing, and the affordability and availability of, of both. I'm wondering, because obviously you have personal experience with it, as you mentioned, but um, are, are you familiar with the ALICE study from the United Way and how the ALICE poverty levels, or I should say the poverty levels are significantly lower than what the ALICE levels are for how much money you actually need to make to be a productive member of society here in, in Chester County? And and have, how has that influenced uh, your, your policy positions there? Well, the United Way is a great community partner. I actually did just work with them on a child care um, issue. And I think even more so, we need to consider the cost of utilities are going up. Inflation at the grocery store yesterday, I paid $12 for a pound of American cheese slices. I mean, these are serious issues that are affecting every tax bracket. But I think people think, well, Chester County, you know, that's that's more high end, healthiest, wealthiest. We get all these awards type county. But there are still pockets of poverty all throughout the county. And even, you know, not even just poverty, too good jobs, you know, in the manufacturing world or a school bus driver and a teacher. I mean, it's just the days of the $300,000, three bed, two bath house being affordable and being able to drive your car and gas isn't $5 and the grocery bill isn't $200 a week. It's just, it's an incredibly expensive time in society. And, you know, pay hasn't kept up with inflation and, and, you know, myriad of factors of, of, how we need to sort of readjust as a society to uh, how we can all live cohesively and comfortably. You know, affordable housing has sort of become a negative term. So we try to workforce housing, attainable housing, quality housing. Um, but once you couple every other factor in, you know, that we're dealing with with rising costs and inflation, it's incredibly difficult to live you know, in a very well-off area if you're not making, you know, those six-figure salaries. You're tackling some issues there that are much bigger than traditional Chamber of Commerce issues. However, they are absolutely critical to business. So I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. I did want to keep this interview personal here a little bit and, and ask you, um, did you always want to lead a Chamber of Commerce? And, and how did you find this role? And just as importantly, how did you land in Chester County for this role? So I am born and raised in Chester County. I grew up in Phoenixville and I'm a dual Pennsylvania educated. I went to Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster for my undergrad um, and I have a master's in public administration from Westchester. I married my high school sweetheart who went to Conestoga and grew up in, in Malvern. So 
I think if there was an award for Chester County pageantry, I might be crowned Miss Chester <laughs> County. Um, but I actually have a very interesting career path. So I was a government major in college, um, and that led me to political fundraising and event planning for about six years after I graduated. Um, and then I switched gears completely and went to work at Villanova University doing government and community relations. And that's really when I learned even what a chamber of commerce was um, and, and their value to the community. So I worked with the mainline chamber of commerce, the Delaware County chamber of commerce and the Philadelphia chamber of commerce in that role. But I also worked with a lot of community groups, business development associations, um, I learned a lot about township issues. <laughs> I spent a lot of nights at Radnor Township Building until one in the morning um, talking about storm water <laughs> and uh, light pollution. So I learned so I can't give that job enough kudos. I learned so much working at Villanova University that sort of led me to where I am now. And ironically, uh, when I was working at Villanova, the previous CEO of the chamber had asked me to moderate a panel for the chamber of uh, Chester County Chamber um, and my future boss from the U.S. Chamber unknowingly was one of the panelists and he came up to me after the panel and said I want you to come work for me so in 2020 I made the switch to really just kind of leap of faith because the office was in Chicago um, the chamber was based out of DC and I was asked to, to move to Chicago. Um, and I said, well, how about I do this job from Chester County and I'll fly into the six States and I'll drive down to DC. And, um, you know, I can really see all of these chambers, rural, urban, suburban, um, and, and just get out on the road often. And so they let me stay here. And uh, it was a lot of time on regional airplanes, <laughs> uh, which are very small. <laughs> and um, I really was able to learn so much about policy coming out of D.C. and how it would affect those chambers within the six states I had. And I had uh, essentially Pennsylvania to Illinois, so a lot of manufacturing. But then, you know, I'd, I'd go to an event at the mainline chamber, fly to Toledo, Ohio, and then I'd be in Detroit down to Kentucky. Um, so similar to Chester County, how we sort of have our, um, you know, we've got the city of Coatesville and then we've got our Southern end of the County with our horse farms and our agriculture and then over to the Eastern main line. Um, so I really was able to see chamber work from so many outlets and, and, um, views and that lended so well to this job. So when a board member called and asked if I would apply. Um, it seemed like a no brainer. You know, I love this community. I'm so invested in, in its success and I've grown, you know, it's funny. My husband and I actually bought our first house that we currently live in, in Phoenixville. Um, and for my college thesis, I wrote about the revitalization of Phoenixville and interviewed the borough manager and the chamber of commerce and the historical society. Um, and, you know, here we are 11 years later, I'm still in, in Phoenixville, uh, still talking about the revitalization. And, um, you know, I just absolutely love this community and love what I do. 
Well, I think that uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on why a business should be a member of a chamber of commerce in general, in the sense that I talk to a lot of new members of chambers of commerce and they expect to walk into an event and walk out with a with an armful of, of purchase orders and you know try to reset their expectation a little bit that no, it's about relationships, it's about community interaction, it's about establishing yourself as a as a good steward of of the community. Um, so, what would you say is is the the biggest uh, uh, value that uh, a member of a chamber of commerce could realize, aside from all the general values and general help that, that you're certainly offering right now? Sure. I think when you join a chamber, uh, you get so much out of it, but based on what you put into it, you know, it's so important to attend the events, uh, to read the emails, to follow the social media um, we are lucky here. We, I have a wonderful team of five um, and we host informative events. We host uh, monthly networking, happy hours, lunch and learns, coffee and conversation. Um, so there's ample opportunity to network. And like I said earlier, you're networking countywide. So you might be talking to somebody from Kennett and then two minutes later, you'll talk to someone from Coatesville and then from Berwyn. So you're meeting so many people, so many businesses. And I think what you get out of this the most in terms of it's never a business card exchange, but it's hearing from others who might be going through something that you're going through, you know, when you own your own business or an employee of a certain business um, and sort of learning from them, um, understanding and and working towards, oh, I've gone through that too. Let me give you some pointers. Or, um, you know, I don't know if I can help you there, but I might, I might know somebody who can. And I've really tried to maximize our networking and educational opportunities this year while also strengthening our community partnerships. We have so many strategic partnerships. You mentioned the United Way, the Food Bank, um, the Economic Development Council, City of Coatesville, Transportation Management, GVF. We are bringing together so many in the community who, again, like me, are so invested in the community. And I think when you join a chamber and you see that collaboration and that passion, you know, it's it's inspiring. Um, and, you know, beyond the social media, the marketing, like we are your cheerleader. We do as much as we can to get your message out there because we do have a full-time marketing director. We're able to you know, put out LinkedIn posts, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, and tell your story. I think that's, that's what, you know, people love about the chamber. It's the, the camaraderie. And that's really why I love what I do when I walk into a room and I, and someone says, oh, I just met so-and-so and they're going to help me with this. You know, that is the best feeling in the world. Yeah, that is a good feeling. You talked a lot about networking and helping businesses and organizations and nonprofits connect with each other. Uh, tell us more about one or two businesses or nonprofits that you think deserve more of a spotlight than, than they might be getting currently. Who else should we know about? So, and I'll just go ahead. I'm going to cut you off just a second. I appreciate this is a loaded question. You're the yes. CEO of a chamber of commerce. So... 
So because you sent this question ahead of time, William, I did have uh, some time to think about it. And with 700 members, I was uh, unsure of where to start. But I think for a nonprofit, um, one that I that is so near and dear to my heart is SCORE of Chester and Delaware County. Um, these services that they provide, mentoring and guidance for small business owners, especially um, to help launch their business, better their business, network their business. Um, we honored them last year as our community partner of the year. Um, I know they are looking for mentors right now. So I uh, wanted to give a plug to SCORE. Um, They're always looking for, it is completely volunteer run. They're always looking for more mentors for, you know, younger generations, diverse generations, so that they can help the next generation of business owners and employees um, and entrepreneurs get their start. So definitely want to give a big shout out to SCORE for all they do. That's uh, fantastic. I, I love when different organizations help other organizations, and it's uh, it's so meaningful to hear. Um, specifically on that point, can you give me an example of how your chamber directly help one of your members? Sure. So again, I'm going to give a broad answer here. So <laughs> we can't pin you down. You do have a history yeah. in politics, no doubt. Yes, I do. Yes. So last, so all this childcare advocacy, like I said, we've talked about it so much from a parent standpoint. So last week, we actually we spent a couple of weeks researching and outreach to every childcare provider in Chester County. Actually, none of which were members. So this is a non-member story. Um, but we reached out to them. You know, there was a budget impasse earlier this summer in Harrisburg. There was a lot of uncertainty about specific funding that child care providers would receive. So we wanted to keep them up to date now that the budget's been passed, now that our legislators are back in Harrisburg. What can we expect? What are we hoping for? And we want to hear from you. So we reached out to like 200 daycare um, and childcare providers. And we held a call with our contract lobbyist, myself. And I would say we got about 20 providers on the call from all around Chester County. And we sort of gave them an update and then said, tell us everything. You know, what are you seeing? What is keeping you up at night? You know, where are your blind spots that we could fill in? And we had like a two hour conversation. It was eye opening and, you know, their struggles, their increased costs, closing classrooms, hiring woes, you know, anything you can imagine that owning and operating a business like this that is so regulated, but so important. And um, we had next steps. We had follow ups. We had meetings that we were scheduling. We had you know, social media and op-eds that we were planning. Um, this is how our chamber works. This is why the advocacy we do is so important because now we can set up meetings with legislators. We can get them together with leadership so that they can hear directly about why this piece of, reg you know, regulatory piece might be too stringent and we could probably relax a little um, or how do we help them with like the overhead that, you know, since utilities are going up and, and it's so hard to find staff. Um, so 
we walked away from that thinking, okay, none of these people are members, but here we are doing this service for the community because it matters. And maybe hopefully we get some members from this. And I think that's where, you know, people come to me all the time and say, what chamber should I join? I always say you should join your local chamber in your community and you should join the county chamber. Um, But if someone comes to me and says, I have this great idea and it doesn't exactly fit what might work in our chamber, but might be a great opportunity for another chamber that is completely focused in that industry or that area. I'm going to always pass them off to those, you know, to that chamber, because I think it's just important that we're helping the business, the community, the individual, whatever. Um, And so while I couldn't pick just one member to highlight, although there are 700, I mean, 70% of our membership is small business, but we are always writing letters of support for nonprofits for grant funding, you know, but this is an opportunity where I feel like we are really spotlighting these, these daycare centers and childcare providers and how much they need our assistance. Um, we call it public private partnership. Like it needs to be the business community. It needs to be our government and it needs to be the providers themselves. And, and that's one where I think it's a really great success story on what we're working on. So if any of them are listening, I hope you all join the chamber, <laughs> but we will continue <laughs> to fight for your rights. <laughs> it's a perfectly acceptable, shameless plug. Go, go for it. Laura. That's fine. <laughs> And I'm sure yeah. everybody in Chester County listens to this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all half a million of us are listening. Particularly in the wake of the pandemic lockdowns, more people, businesses, nonprofits, turn to social media to connect with colleagues and prospects and community members. How has your chamber changed over the last year, few years? And more broadly, how do you see chambers evolving to better serve members in the future? Great question. Um, I think, you know, obviously we saw so much evolve with technology and the use of Zoom and, you know, we're seeing you might not need to have that meeting in person and have all those people travel. We can just hop on a call. Um, But I would say probably the feedback we're getting the most is that people are ready to get back together again. And so we see ourselves as sort of, you know, now that we've you know, we had two years really of the pandemic. And then um, this year was the year of, okay, I think I'm going to start getting back into it and going to networking events and, um, you know, reading our emails and seeing what we're doing. And yeah, increase. I mean, social media, we are all day, every day, you know, it's, I think there was a sort of negative drawback to the pandemic is that people are reacting right away, always on the phone and expecting answers immediately. Um, But now that we've sort of, you know, we've readjusted, how do we continue to hold informative events and, and network with our folks where they might rather come and see people in person, you know, that face to face, that water cooler discussion that will never be trumped, I think, by being on zoom. So I think there was a lot of you know, this could be an online meeting and we've sort of done a few of those, but we're, we're back to in person and, and how can we get people back together? We appreciate that the Chester County Chamber of Business and Industry works to help and support local businesses of all sizes. Um, how can the local community, both businesses and nonprofits or, or otherwise, uh, support you and your colleagues at the chamber? 
I think I heard the answer is become a member, but become is there anything else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think always if you're, if you know someone out there is doing, you know, interesting and dynamic work and sort of flying under the radar, bring them to the next chamber event, um, introduce them to staff here and, and, and maybe make that connection towards membership. But I think for us, we're here for the business nonprofit community as a liaison um, to our elected officials, as I mentioned, those strategic partnerships. And we're always looking for new and existing businesses that are in the county that we can spotlight, cheerlead, champion. Um, So if there are others out there who are not members of the chamber, making sure you bring them around. And um, like I said, we're here to help just to make Chester County a great place to live, work and raise a family and retire. So uh, whether they join or whether they come to an event, um, you know, we've got so many events throughout the year of so many different varieties, educational, fun, you know, informative, um, honoring, you know, so many members of our community for all the great work they do. So Um, that's how you can support us by really just attending events, reading our emails, following us on social media and, um, seeing the value that we bring to the community, um, and helping us champion that. We've talked a bit about hiring and retention today and how it's, it really is a challenge. And we touched on some of the ancillary issues that affect hiring and retention, let me ask you if, if if the chamber is currently hiring or looking for new folks to join your team. We just hired a new membership director. Actually, we had not had a membership director since the pandemic started, which for a membership organization is crazy. Um, but we are fully staffed here with events, marketing, uh, community partnerships, memberships, and myself. Um, so we are currently not hiring. But for those who are, we do have a spot on our website for members who post job postings. Um, We share on LinkedIn, especially we see so many hits in the business community from LinkedIn. So we use that a lot to share whether a member is in need of employees. But, you know, I think I I heard a statistic last week, you know, there's like five or six different, um, you know, subsets of, of ages within the workforce right now, um, Gen Z to, to boomer and beyond. And we all sort of speak different language and we're all using technology different. And it's, um, you know, for a 65 year old CEO to talk to a 22 year old Gen Z employee, there's a lot of difference in, you know, from one to the other. So we're actually hosting an event this week with the Westchester Chamber of Commerce about Gen Z in the workforce. And, um, you know, they talk differently, they work differently, they want more, they want more flexibility, more hours, more pay. Um, this is, you know, millennials and Gen Z are the the generations of debt and student loans, um, credit card. So there's a lot that, you know, of difference between Gen X and the boomers and and Z and and the millennials. So we're here to sort of serve as a conduit and a pipeline for, we run an incredible youth leadership program here where we actually take kids from local high schools around Chester County. It's a 10 month program where once a month, 
they don't have school that day and they come with us to a different business around Chester County. And, you know, they go to a manufacturer, they go to Wawa headquarters, they hear from nonprofits, they do an etiquette class, um, business development and financial literacy. So we are working to be that talent pipeline management for many of our employers. Uh, We work very closely with the IU. We actually have a a new board member from a, a union. So we're working with the trades and, you know, as work. It's the number one thing we hear from businesses of all size. I need workers. There's still a workforce issue post-pandemic. Um, the chambers here, we're here for to connect employers to talent and vice versa. So we're here, we're helping, we're here to listen. And um, it's one of those things where you just have to get involved and, and ask and we can help make those connections. Um, and again, I think that's that's the power of the chamber. Well, Laura Mannion, thank you very much for sharing your views and your experiences, as well as the thoughts of your members of the Chester County Chamber of Business and Industry. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, happy to do this again whenever. I loved it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you to also my co-host, Liam Dempsey, uh, and all of our listeners. The Start Local podcast is published every two weeks we invite you to subscribe. We also invite you to visit our Start Local website, which is startlocal.co for show notes, including links mentioned on this show and summaries of past episodes. We hope you can join us on the next episode. Thank you for listening.